Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. The Seattle Seahawks are coming off of a win over the Washington football team, 20 to 15. They lock up a playoff spot with the win, and they're coming into what might be the biggest game of the year for the Seahawks. They're going up against the Los Angeles Rams with a chance to clinch the NFC West title. But to do it, they're going to have to take on a Rams team that they have struggled to beat since Sean McVay came on board. And here to talk about it is Bear Motter from Locked On Rams. Bear, how you doing, man? We're doing good. And, you know, as, as we talk about those playoff scenarios, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit here, but knowing that even after last week's whatever that was, we sit here with a chance to kind of control our own destiny and just like the Seahawks. So it makes this game, I mean, these games, you'd never need much anyway, even when the Rams had four wins. This was a fun game for, I think, both sides, but excited for this one because it, it really means a lot. The Rams do control their own destiny, but the loss to the Jets last weekend, it, it did introduce a scenario to where the Seahawks could win the NFC West without getting the win against the Rams this weekend. They could they could lose to the Rams. And then if you guys, if you fail to get the win in week 17 against the Arizona Cardinals, then that could that could put you back out of the, the champion spot. Yeah, it was weird because we controlled our own destiny as of last week. You need to beat the Jets to, you know, clinch that playoff berth and really kind of check that box. And they choked on that opportunity. And now you're right. Now it's been taken out of their own hands and it goes back to the Seahawks to kind of control that in a sense. And, you know, as we look about it and, and kind of look ahead for the, the Rams on our side, um, Sean McVay is still undefeated against the Arizona Cardinals, a very different team, but again, averaging over every win over 15 points and scoring over 30 points every game. So even with Hopkins and that offense kind of growing, uh, the Rams didn't have a problem with them last time. So again, very confident uh, in these, these next two matchups. Although how much confidence can you really have uh, Jared Goff dropping back? And you saw what happened against the jets and, and really the Niners have owned us this year. So they, they've been a head scratcher. I think you just got to, from a Rams perspective, embrace the unknown with them and just buckle up and hope for some, you know, that the mountain is going back up. This is a wild division. Uh, the The fact that you're undefeated, taking on the Cardinals, but yet the, the San Francisco 49ers seem to have the Rams <laughs> number. And then McVay seems to have Pete Carroll's number. He's five and two against him since coming into the division. And one of those games came down to a last second field goal that uh, Legatron missed. So uh, yeah. now he's gone. Your kicker's injured. You got a backup in there, but he seems to be doing okay. Oh, how have, Just how have things been as a Rams fan these last few weeks? Yeah, it is. That's that roller coaster ride, and it makes no game boring. I guess that, you know, if you're looking for one thing and, and you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, I think I saw something that they're they're like 23 and one in their last 24 games or something. And it's like, you know, you're getting a W every week. And, you know, how exciting can that be? Right. As a Rams fan, you're buckling in and you don't know what the heck you're going to get. Are you going to see Jared Goff throw it 60 times? Are you going to see 40 rushing attempts from that side? Defensive touchdowns. We had three weeks in a row with a defensive touchdown. So it's been an adrenaline rush. Uh, And and just when you think you can mail one in with the Jets, and I I keep making fun of us because I got to embrace that. And it was nice to see the national media kind of make fun of the Jets more uh, for losing that draft pick. I was like, yeah, what about your idiots? You know, and we're sitting here going like, right? The Jets are idiots. We should talk about that more. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that more. Like, we we still have a chance at the playoffs, like those idiots. But, um, man, it really, 
we talked about this the other day. I was on Lockdown Rams with uh, Sosa, who's taking that over. And and we talked about, like, is this the like the wake-up game versus the Jets? Or is this the panic button game versus the Jets? Like, are we learning that this is, oh, crap, we're leading into the playoffs, like, really vulnerable? Or was this, like, did we just wake up the monster of Aaron Donald and maybe that, you know, offensive brilliant mind that is struggling to, you know, produce offensive points this year? Um, on a consistent basis. So it's it's going to be a telling game for the Rams this week as well. Is Was it the, the that was the panic button last week or or was it the, you know, waking up a monster and, and kind of that game that checked them to get ready for this playoff run? Well, to me, you know, it comes down to how a guy like Jared Goff responds to that kind of adversity. And, and I guess I'm curious, historically, how has he responded to adverse type situations? You know, that's, that's a great, uh, great point you bring up there because there was that year uh, where Jared Goff started the last, what, four or five games and did miserable Uh, again under Jeff Fisher. But he sat at that podium that end of the season and said, like, I promise you I will do better and had this whole like I'm the leader of the team and I need to take this and get better and we can do better. And they came out the next year with Sean McVay, obviously Sean McVay being a big part of it, um, but won 11 ball games. And he's had some moments in his career where, he struggled and been able to bounce back, obviously bouncing back off a really bad 2019 season and started out really hot this year and really looked really good. At one point, I think he had double digit touchdowns and like only three turnovers. And it was like, all right, he's fixed that issue. And then over the year, uh, we've seen kind of those happy feet again. The offensive line has been a little up and down. Whitworth went out and they really have done a, a decent job without, you know, with losing their captain up there. Um, but you see these moments of of vulnerability for Jared Goff. And this will be a game that he can kind of chalk up and say, hey, I bounced back um, or I didn't. And he's gone through that a couple times in this season already and has been able to show to do it. But again, two games left on the road. Thankfully, uh, in a weird world we're in, we're not going to have to face that monster of a crowd as well. Um, but again, you're still going on the road and, and you're playing a very tough team. So this will be an interesting one to, to for either for him to chalk it up as, you know, a bounce back game or man, just feed into the narrative of, you know, he was overrated and, you know, picked him too high and never going to be a team that can win a Super Bowl. Those type of things will continue to pile on after this game. So I hope he's ready. He keeps saying the right things. But again, it's it's a show me, don't tell me world. And we're going to have to see. When it comes to game time on Sunday. Yeah, when you talk about saying the right things, I, I am kind of curious just how the, the response has been from, you know, especially Coach McVeigh kind of throughout this this early part of this week and the press conferences in the postgame press conference after the game with the Jets. Are you kind of satisfied from what you're hearing from him? Not really, to be honest, because there was a there was a time in the season where he was just saying the right thing. Right. The classic McVeigh where, you know, a year and a half ago, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this McVeigh. He's always <laughs> saying the right thing. And then it gets to a point where it's like, heard it, heard it, heard it. Like, right. it's enough. Right. You got to see the results of that really cliche zingy type of press conference that he had. And he had one a couple weeks ago when Jared Goff really struggled, had four turnovers in the game and basically put it on the quarterback and said, Hey, look, it is his fault. Like he does need to do better. And Jared Goff responded. Um, but again, that roller coaster of up and down, the consistency hasn't been there. And then McVay kind of led in, he didn't directly say it, but he led to, um, we don't have an offensive identity is basically what he said. And he said that last year, week 11 or 12, and, and he said it directly. And, and it really bugged me because like, you're an <laughs> that's offensive. Your job. <laughs> that's your job. Yeah, you are. You are a offensive guru is what everyone's saying about you. And we're here. We are 
two weeks left in the season. You know, you've got a, a nine win ball club and you have no identity. But if you go back and look at, you know, some of these games, you see it, you know, Jared Goff, 50 passing attempts one week. And then, you know, the next week it's like 16 and we ran the ball 42 times. And uh, it's just going to be an interesting, and I know there's that other side of, okay, he takes the, you know, each game is a little different and plans sure. different, but for your head coach in week 15 to say, you don't have an offensive identity. It's like, that's where my hand is hovering over that panic button and going like, this is the guy we're supposed to, you know, lead us to the promised land with his offense. And he doesn't even know what he's, what, what's going on with this team. Well, the thing about the Rams, because, you know, looking at this coming into the first game against the Seahawks, they were coming off of the four turnover game uh, against Miami. And you can get, you can say, okay, we'll just fix up the turnover spart. And they, they've done that for the most part, the last couple games, except they had the four turnovers against San Fran. And so yeah. I, I suppose still, I mean, going into the game against the Jets, you could say, well, the, as long as the team takes care of the ball, they should be able to get the win. But really, turnovers wasn't much of an issue against the Jets. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, they, they had one. I think Jared Goff had one interception. Uh, they did have a punt block. So again, mm. not a turnover, but, you know, you're, 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 I mean, in a sense, it's a turnover, right? right? Um, and, and just sloppy play, just lack of energy on offense. The defense probably had one of its worst games as well. And that's the problem, right? Because so much has been put on this defense to say, well, our defense will bail us out, right? We've only given up an average of four points in the second half, uh, you know, the whole year and just get to halftime. And if, if you have a lead at halftime, McVay's 37 and oh, like <laughs> all those, you know, blah, blah, blah stuff. But it's like in the playoffs, you can't just bank on one of your units. And, and I've heard it many times this last few weeks that you have to win in many ways in the playoffs. Sometimes you're going to have to win on the ground. Sometimes you're going to have to win the ugly game. You're going to have to win, you know, whatever type of, you know, a, a shootout. But this team seems to kind of really put everything on the defense and be like, oh, maybe we can scratch up, you know, 20 something points. Is that a good enough for you defense? And and that's not going to get it done. So they have to find some consistency there because uh, you're right. And maybe, you know, you said a good point there is the the last time we beat the Seahawks earlier this year was coming off that terrible Dolphins loss. Maybe Sean McVay is ahead of both of us here and saying, <laughs> hey, let's tank one the week before the Seahawks and come out pissed off. And, uh, you know, sweep in this NFC West. It's a weird it's a weird game plan. Yeah. But, no, it's, uh, it's funny because I, I do. I think the same way, too, uh, just because Russell Wilson's another guy who bounces back after losses extremely well. And so, you know, are, are you almost thinking, OK, well, if they lose to the Washington football team ahead of the Rams week, then that gives us a better <laughs> chance to beat the Rams. And I. I, I don't know if that makes any difference at all. I, I like to think that it does, although I, I maybe I like it less than if you're coming off of a loss to the Jets. I, if, if that's what ends up motivating the Rams to beat the Seahawks, then I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Yeah, and they, they're running out of weeks for that motivational plan because soon it's a one and you're done. So they better uh, they better find that motivation that's going to carry them through because that's the other thing about this team is like, okay, we do get into the playoffs. Like, where do you want to be? Do you want to win the, the division? And obviously you, you, you have that home game and uh, you win the division, you get that crown. Or is it is it better to get that fifth seed and, and then go play maybe the Washington team, you know, who obviously has been playing better, but if – uh, with Dwayne Haskins and that whole mess, and depending on you know what what Alex Smith and his injury is going to be, is it better to go that route? I don't. I just don't. You don't even know. Like, what do you want to win this division or not? And I feel like the Rams, the way that they've been playing, you know, it's kind of showing that as far as you know what do you want to do. Obviously, you ask these guys, they want to win that NFC West. That's the first right. You know, crown you can you put on your head there, and uh, and it's going to come down to this game. Which again, it's like 
for the Rams fans, and I think that's what's funny following Rams fans on Twitter and seeing the, you know, all the golf hate and all the, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. And then you hear the the core of the fan base that's been around even before I was a fan of this team and, and come on and say, hey guys, remember this was a team that kind of was the Jets about five to, you know, 10 years ago. And so like where we're at in the struggle um, doesn't seem so bad when you look at that big picture that we're in this chance to win the NFC in the last two games here. Um, I'm sure Sean McVay would have taken that, you know, if we said that at the beginning of the season with all the question marks that were at linebacker and all the question marks there were at that offense line and even Jared Goff. So I think they're still in a good position. I think they're still going to get in the playoffs. They really have to screw everything up not to make it. I mean, they, some weird things need to happen. They've got to lose out. There needs to be some uh, other wins and losses around. Arizona's got to lose uh, uh, one of the games, and they're going to really have to blow it to not make it. But sure. it's, again, when you get there, what time? What type of team are you bringing to the playoffs? And that's going to be you know something that we definitely talk about over the next couple of weeks. So what I'm hearing from you, Bear, is that L.A. Rams fans have gone from just, you know, four years ago from being, you know, the Jeff Fisher seven and nine days to now they're an entitled fan base with the four years <laughs> of Sean McVay. A little bit. Sometimes that's all it takes when you get to that Super Bowl and you taste, you taste that, you know, wonderful, wonderful opportunity right in front of you. And, and you feel that championship trophies in, in the house and you don't get it. And then uh, expectations just sure do rise. And again, I think coming from the market, right? St. Louis. And what do you expect from a St. Louis team versus what do you expect from Los Angeles people? Yeah. Um, you got the Lakers, little... you got the Dodgers, you got to step up. Yeah, no pressure that every other team out here won a championship, uh, you know, and and then there's like the L.A. Kings like sitting in the corner, ducking their head and and Anaheim Angels that are saying, well, we're not technically Los Angeles. We're still playing in Anaheim. And and then you got the Chargers, you know, out here. So at least in, in the town of football, uh, we're ahead of the Chargers. But man, you're right. All the other teams are winning. You want to get up there and, and celebrate uh, with everybody else. Everyone else is rubbing their trophies and rings in our faces. Well, Bear, I, we've talked a little bit about injuries. You mentioned Andrew Whitworth. I, I want to talk about what his impact and what some of the other injuries have an impact on this team. We're going to do that coming up next. Talking to Bear Motter of Locked on Rams. And since the Seahawks and Rams last faced, the Seahawks are 4-1. and one. They had that loss to the New York Jets. The Rams are 3-2. and two. They lost to the 49ers. They lost to the Jets, the other New York team. So, you know, we both have a New York loss under our belt. Obviously, the Rams is worse. But uh, <laughs> we're, talking, but we're talking about this game coming up on Sunday and the Seahawks facing a Rams team that, you know, it really is. It, it seems to be kind of built around the ground game and getting, uh, you know, the, the running backs, the ball and feeding off that and you know making play action work. And last time the, these two teams faced, you know, the Seahawks shut down that running game pretty well, but LA still able to get the win. And now going into this game, Bear, no Cam Akers this week. It, it kind of seems like he had been working into that starting role. What is that going to mean for this team going into Sunday? Yeah, I mean, he really worked his way into that starting role, so much so that in the past three weeks, Daryl Henderson has only had six rushing attempts, and Malcolm Brown's only had four. Malcolm wow. Brown has a total of one yard in the last three weeks, and uh, Daryl Henderson has had 52, but that one big chunk came on a 38-yard run that kind of closed out that Arizona game. Um, so these two running backs haven't had a lot of action, which would then maybe on the positive spin over here for the ramp side is going, well, they should be healthy, right? They should have a lot of gas legs. in the tank. <laughs> 
And and Daryl Henderson at one point, I think it was like week eight or nine, was ranked the highest graded uh, running back as far as PFF when it came to a certain amount. I think it was like ha- averaging uh, over 10 carries per game at least. But he's a good running back. He just wasn't as good as Cam Akers. And, and you know, they put that high draft stock into him. But this is still a third-round guy that has tons of speed. And it's going to come down to that offensive line. We mentioned Andrew Whitworth, who for, geez, how old he is. And, and I can't say too much because I'm right there around his age. But I'm not out there, you know, rehabbing my knee and right. getting back ready to get, you know, hit by 300-pound linemen. I got to give him a lot of credit. I don't think it's going to be this week. But uh, he's going to be coming back ready to play. Uh, Noteboom has stepped in there at left uh, tackle and really was drafted to replace Andrew Whitworth whenever he was going to hang him up. Uh, so it, it's nice to see the offense line has come together at times through this injury, but last week they struggled and they've got to find a way to get better. Um, obviously we know Seattle's secondaries has struggled throughout the season, but they've been playing a lot better in the last three or four weeks. And so maybe the numbers don't really reflect exactly how Seattle's playing right now. It's going to be a big game for that line. And it's going to be a big game for those two running backs. You know, um, Daryl Henderson's got a, he was going from six carries in the last three weeks where I'm hoping he gets 18 to 22 carries this week. Uh, but if it's not moving and they're not doing anything, it scares me a little bit that we're going to have to rely on Jared Goff. But again, maybe that's the, this is the revenge Jets game that he comes out and, you know, slings it for 300 something yards. But he looks like he's doubting himself in a lot of these throws. But I hope we can get the ground game. It's going to be a big, big task for that offensive line. I think our running backs can do it. They should have fresh legs, as I mentioned. Well, in that regard, I, I do like the Seahawks defensive line and their ability to stop the run. We, we saw it in that first game against the Rams. We've seen it really in almost every game except for uh, the Giants game, I think, to where they uh, allowed more than 100 yards rushing. So I, if there's you talk about the struggles in the secondary, things have changed a little bit even since last time these two teams faced. The Seahawks didn't have Shaquille Griffin playing in the secondary. DJ Reed has come on extremely well. And so now it's going to be Reed and, and Shaq Griffin playing the, the starting corner spot. So I like the Seahawks chances in this game a little bit better. Uh, the Snacks Harrison, you know, it's uh, the, the first time that the Rams face the Seahawks. It was just his first game back. And now he's working his way into the rotation. So and, and the other thing, Bear, that you bring up getting your running backs going. We, we have to remember that the Seahawks last time we faced Alex Collins had been signed off of, you know, wherever <laughs> he was uh, just, you know, hanging around out there and brought in. And he was the Seahawks leading rusher. But now Chris Carson's back. Carlos Hyde is is running relatively well. He had the 50 yard touchdown run against Washington and Rashad Penny is back off of his ACL injury. So we go from picking up guys just off the street to now having the the three guys that we really hope that, that would be around all season. Yeah, I got to send Carlos Hyde like a, a Christmas gift basket because he really <laughs> helped me get through uh, my fantasy playoff round because I was playing uh, Russell Wilson and Chris Carson. And I'm like, this is Ooh. they're going to go score. I, I was and, and a touchdown from either one of those guys would have ruined it for me. And I saw Hyde break that. And I, I've never cheered louder for a Seahawks <laughs> player. I'm like, get in the end zone, Hyde. Uh, but you're right. The running game. Is and he only had two def- runs last week. Yeah, exactly, for the touchdown. exactly. The guy I was playing was so mad. And, and, and um, I ended up winning on a Monday night matchup. But <laughs> uh, fantasy football, got to love it. But no, you're right. Th- this is a different Seahawks team. I think really for the Rams sake. And it sounds like it's a tough task, but the way that we won it last game was keeping Russell Wilson and the Seahawks out of the end zone. I think you scored in the first quarter, you had a touchdown, everything after that was field goals. And I think that's really 
a huge part of this, right? Can you limit those scores for Russell? Because I don't know our offense can score to keep up. I think we can stay in that mid-20s range. But if Russell goes out there and drops 35 points, which again, this this defense hasn't really given up those type of points other than Buffalo early in the season on the road, and they look lost in that first half. You know, I think that's really the, the way that the Seahawks win this game. I still love our defense here, but you're right. They've got a different challenge than they had a few weeks ago. And uh, our offense definitely is not the same as it was two weeks ago. So it, it's going to be a fun one. I still go back to that stat you said earlier, five and two against Pete Carroll, the Seahawks. Um, it is going to come down to who wants it more. And I'm not going to say the Rams want it more because I'm sure uh, the Seahawks would love to just seal this NFC West up. Oh, but yeah. Uh, we'll see if the Rams come f- swinging. Uh, they've been uh, aggressively play calling, a little bit more aggressive in the past, so I expect them to do the same. Matt Gay, the kicker, has actually probably been our best kicker we've had all season. He's been the most consistent piece there, but I expect for Sean McVay to go for it on some short fourth and ones, uh, depending on the situation. Uh, and, man, this is going to – I just keep going back to it. It's going to be such a fun one to watch these two teams are going to be fun to go. But I mean, I'm still leaning my Homer glasses. They're clearing up a little bit, but uh, I still got to go the Rams in this one. I know there's fans out there that would love to say, well, you know, the Seahawks beat the Jets 40 to three and then the Jets right. beat the Rams. So obviously the the Seahawks should win by 44 points this week. But yeah, and, and as much as I'd love to see a blowout like that, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Going back to the the last game that these two teams faced, I do feel like the Rams defense kind of set a blueprint for other teams to follow when facing Russell Wilson. And I thought the Rams did a good job of really taking away the deep ball and, you know, allowing some of the stuff underneath. But Russell Wilson has shown he's not really interested in taking a lot of the underneath stuff. And so that's what we saw. We, we saw the Jets kind of they're able to win that way by throwing out to the running backs and just kind of moving the ball down the field that way. I don't know if Russell is going to be able to do that again. They operated in a similar way against this Washington defensive line last week. And still, you know, they put up 20 points. But I I feel like it is that kind of blueprint that the Rams put out there. And, And the reason why the Seahawks were going from 30 points a game plus to now about you know 20 game, 20 points a game. Yeah, Brandon Staley's done an incredible job, almost to the point where I'm like, can you can they slow it down a little bit? Because you're going to get a lot of head coaching calls, <laughs> and we'd like to keep some coaches around here. Um, Sean McVay has credited him so much for being kind of the, the same, which is weird. It's almost like a compliment on himself. He's like, as much as I work, this guy works harder, and he's as brilliant as I am on offense, but on defense. Like, it's it's these weird compliments he's given to right. him, but also to himself. But um and it's going to be interesting because that secondary with Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, we got Fuller back off injury, John Johnson. It's tough to go deep on these guys, and, and they give up the least amount of big plays in the NFL so far this season. They don't give up a lot of second-half points. Uh, so if you're going to do it, you might as well try to get it out in the first half. The Jets found a way to get in the end zone again. I think there was the, the block punt in the second half that set them up in good position. Uh, but they just don't give up a lot of stuff, especially in the second half. So Russell may have to dink and dunk a little bit across because our middle linebackers, Troy Reader, has really struggled to cover people across the middle, really gave up uh, the first down to end the game against the Jets and 92-year-old Frank Gore. He's backpedaling. I'm like, it's Frank Gore. I'm like, I feel comfortable tackling Frank Gore, and that's uh, probably really wrong, but uh, it's Frank Gore, people. Like, Don't you disrespect on. a legend like Frank Gore? Yeah, I know. I know. 
Uh, We're going to be it, 50, 60 years old, and Frank Gore is still going to be in the NFL playing each I and every it. week. I love it. I love it. And I was really happy for him in a sense. Like, this guy's 45. He's playing <laughs> on the Jets, and they, they're going to go winless this year? Like, how are we going to kick him out? They're, like, kicking him out of the NFL with that. So, at least he got to, you know, get his one win in here. But this secondary, Darius Williams, is is so tough on that other side and and really probably would have to be the breakout player of the year for the Rams. He's just been so tremendous. And, you know, that DK versus Jalen matchup is going to be so fun to watch again. I think I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say DK had two catches last game for like under 30 yards. And I know he wasn't happy about it. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see if Russell is going to try to get him going early and, and what that that's going to be. But man, Ramsey has been every penny, probably like, you know, maybe some of the Seattle fans are saying as they're seeing, uh, Adam start to heat up a little bit is, yeah. you know, we gave up a lot for him and, and at least the play is resulting in everything that we put up towards uh, Ramsey because he has been an absolute stud for the Rams this year. And it's tough to get yards on him. Yeah, two catches for 28 yards for DK. So maybe a revenge game here for DK as he's looking to break Steve Largent's single season record for receiving yards for the Seahawks. He can do it with 65 yards this weekend. So we will see if he can do that. And yes, it's going to be a fun game. The the Seahawks, they're going to have to get the run game going. Obviously, we're going to need to see more out of DK Metcalf. The Seahawks defense is going to have to, you know, to get after Jared Goff. Last time these two teams faced, you, you brought up Jamal Adams. He had two sacks on Jared Goff. Now he's going for double digits. So again, we have to worry about Jalen Ramsey. Now you guys have to worry about Jamal Adams. Yeah, exactly. And that's the one thing, right? Got to find where he is at because he's not only a guy that's going to go and just pick up a sack. He's one of those ball hawking guys. And he's he knows just like me and you like hey, Jared Goff is this goofy man likes to put the ball on the ground and carry it around with one hand. And uh, so they're going to be going after the ball every time they get there. I think this game really comes down to the turnover battle. I think it comes down, you mentioned it, who has the most rushing yards after this game is going to be really telling, and time of possession. Because if we can keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand, we can limit our turnovers, and we can beat you on the ground, we have a really good chance of winning this game. But if any of those things go the other way towards the Seahawks and Russell goes off, and you know, thankfully there's no Marcus Peters to throw over the head this game. Uh, you know, He loved playing Marcus Peters, and that always made me nervous. But um uh, I really like I like our chances, but it's going to be important in some of those areas to see who wins those battles because it's going to go really big into the the final result. Yeah, Russell Wilson, two interceptions last time these two teams faced. He also put the ball on the ground, a, a center to quarterback exchange that resulted in a turnover as well. So three turnovers in that game. They're going to have to do a lot better against Los Angeles this week if they're going to get the win. Bear, appreciate you coming on, helping breaking down this game. People want to check you out. Uh, I, you got the latest show up on Locked On, right? It is. It is. We've got uh, me and Sosa throwing it down and and really kind of diving into this a little bit further, talking about is this the panic button time for the Rams or was this the, the wake-up call? And I think that this week is going to tell us that answer. Well, check that out. I know Seahawks fans are going to want to listen in to any post-Jets game Rams talk, so check <laughs> that out. He's Brad Bear Modder. Follow him on Twitter at LA underscore Rambling Bear. Brad, really want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Always love talking to you. We said before we started this, this goes way back. Uh, my first days of podcasting, so I always love talking, and these matchups are always a lot of fun. Can't wait for the game. Be sure and tune in for the post-game show right here. Subscribe to the show, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast. Check out 
fieldgoals.com the days leading up to the game. And we will see you next time. Until then, go Hawks. Go Hawks.